This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Let us stand out of respect of the Holy Word of God as it's being read. We're looking at Romans chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. You may be seated. I am so delighted to be here as your pastor. I was voted in last Sunday. And I just want to say, praise the Lord and hallelujah. It's an honor and joy to be with you. Thank you. I also want you to know that um, we are going to be doing a series through Romans chapter 8, which is the greatest chapter in the Bible. It really lays out the entire gospel so clearly it is the peak the Mount Everest of the Bible. My first question to you is this. How do you view God? Three questions, three diagnostic questions will reveal how you view God. Ask yourself, what does God think about you? How does God treat me? What does God have for my future? Now, if you are thinking of these questions, and your answers were mostly negative, then the devil is having a heyday with you. Because the devil is trying to get you to think that God is anything but good. We need to have a correct view of God. But now, I want to change that question. How do you view yourself? So first of all, we need to know that God is for us, and if he's for us, which is a definite yes he is, who can be against us? Since God is for us, and we know that he loves us with an everlasting love, that he supports us, he is with us always and will never leave us nor forsake us, he believes in us, he empowers us, God loves you. You matter to God. God is for you. And because God is for you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. You're more than a conqueror. The word for more than conqueror in the Greek is hupo-nikos. Hupo means over and above. Nikos means champion, like Nike. So you are an over-champion. You are a super triumphant champion in Christ. You're more than a conqueror in Christ who loves you 
And He gave Himself for you. Do you believe that? You see, the devil is trying to work you over time. He's trying to get you to think you're a loser, not a winner. He tries to get you to think you're a victim, not a victor. You're more than a conqueror in Christ who loves you and gave himself for you. So I want you to say this with me. I want you to affirm the truth of God's word with me. Will you say this out loud? No, no, no. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, here we go. On the basis of Christ's cross, I am totally forgiven. If I have received God's gift, then I am free to become all God wants me to be. Let's say that again. On the basis of Christ's cross, I am totally forgiven. If I have received God's gift, then I am free to become all God wants me to be. Do you believe that? How do you view yourself? As a loser or as a winner? In Christ, you're a winner. And you're totally forgiven. And don't let the devil or anyone make any accusation against you to get you down, to make you feel guilty, to make you feel fearful, to make you feel inadequate. You are complete in Christ. You're totally forgiven. You're totally accepted. You're totally approved by God. Nothing you can do can make Him love you less. He loves you with an everlasting love. And so, we now come to this point. That on the basis of Christ's cross, what's the first word in Romans 8.1? It's therefore. Never pass a therefore. Any Bible student knows that you have to ask the question when you see therefore, what the there is for. Because the therefore refers to all that has preceded it. Everything that has led up to Romans 8.1, therefore, on the basis of all this teaching, we now come to this conclusion that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, in Romans chapters 1-3, to Paul convinces all that they are sinners. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not one of us is without sin. Romans 3 to 5, Paul says that the convinced sinner can be justified by faith. You can be justified, that is, just as if you'd never sinned, by faith in Christ. So we've all sinned, and we all need the cross of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. So then Romans 6 to 8 Paul informs us that the justified believer can now live a holy life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about in Romans chapters 1 through up to and including 8. I want us to look at the heart of that. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, says this. You see, at, the ju at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The cross of Christ. It's all based on the cross of Christ. Because Jesus, who was sinless, died on the cross and paid the penalty for your sin and mine. We are just as if we've never sinned before God's eyes. We've been totally forgiven, and we've been given the righteousness of Christ Himself. So when you think of yourself before God, what's your primary view of yourself? Are you a sinner, or are you a saint? The answer is you're a saint who occasionally sins. But you're not a sinner anymore. That's not your identity anymore. In Christ, you are a saint. You're set apart for holy, godly purposes. And so we need to know what the therefore is there for. That it's on the basis of Christ's cross. Secondly, I am totally forgiven. On the basis of Christ's cross, I am totally forgiven. It says, there is now no condemnation. Listen carefully. What does that mean for the believer in Jesus Christ? If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all your sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. Jesus Christ died for all your sins. Therefore, there is no judgment. There is no damnation. There is no punishment. There's no blame, shame, or rejection, pain. There's no being abandoned as worthless. There's no being viewed as a failure. There is not any way that God sees you as a loser. There's no disapproval. There's no disappointment. There's no denunciation. There's no reproach. There's no accusation. There's no catch, no fine print, and no tricks. You're totally forgiven in Christ. There will not be a jumbotron screen playing in a series of your worst sins for all the saints to see in heaven. No, you will not be scolded. You will not be lectured. You will not be bawled out. You will not be yelled at. You will not be kicked at the curb, to the curb because God loves you and He saved you. And He's saving you to the uttermost. You're more than a conqueror in Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. That's why we can be confident in Christ. Look at this verse. 1 John 4, 18. This is how God, love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So maybe you're struggling today. You say to yourself, well, I read the Bible and it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but frankly, I struggle with accepting forgiveness. I still want to punish myself. I still feel I have to atone. I still hear these voices, you stupid, no good person, how could you do that? You know, I take a stupid stick and I hit myself on the head. Well, guess who's giving you the stupid stick? The devil. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. 
And every time he tries to accuse you, you remind him of his final doom. Revelation 20, verse 10. He's going to be in the fiery pit of hell. He's a defeated foe. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. And Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. I'm totally forgiven. You're totally forgiven. Every sin, past, present, and future. You see, the high priest had to offer a sacrifice for the nation of Israel's sins once a year on Yom Kippur. Jesus offered a sacrifice once for all, never having to offer another sacrifice. His sacrifice was good for all eternity. And by one offering, you have been sanctified forever. You've been made holy forever. When God looks at you, what does he see? He sees the righteous robe of his own son, Jesus Christ. He loves you. He accepts you. He approves of you. He believes in you. You matter to God. Any message that says less than that is from the devil. It's from the pit of hell. You take every thought that doesn't belong in the mind of Christ that you have, and you take that captive to the obedience of Christ, because those kind of thoughts do not belong in the mind of Christ. You're loved. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And so, frankly, can I say something? We're all strugglers. We have not been loved perfectly, so we don't know what perfect love is like. We're being made perfect in understanding God's love. God's love gives fear the boot. God's love gives fear the boot. Do I need to fear judgment? Do I need to fear that the, the other shoe's going to drop and I'm going at the last minute to end up in hell? No way! God loves me. And nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. I want you to say this with me. My sins, go ahead, my sins have been forgiven. Past, present, and future. Because Christ took my place on the cross. So I now have His righteousness and no condemnation. Amen? Hallelujah! What a Savior! Hallelujah! What a Savior! You have been saved from the penalty of sin, you're being saved from the power of sin, and you're going to one day be saved from the presence of sin altogether. Hallelujah! What a Savior! Well, next, on the basis of the cross, I've been totally forgiven if I have received God's gift. You notice this clause here in Romans 8, 1c. This is true. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for those who are in Christ Jesus. This morning, you need to make sure you're in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible makes it clear that you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Romans chapter 3. 
Romans chapter 3. Excuse me. I mean Romans chapter 5. Thank you. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. You see, Adam is the first man. He disobeyed God. He took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He sinned, and that's the fall of man. And because of the fall of man, all of us are guilty. All of us are sinners by birth, by choice, and by practice. We are of the Adam's family. But when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are taken out of the Adam's family and you're put into the sphere of Christ. You're in Christ. You're put in Christ. So today, you're either in Christ or you're in Adam. If you're in Adam, you're still in your sins. You're still facing the wrath of God and eternity being separated from God. You are still under condemnation for your sin because one little sin is high treason against a holy God. But if you receive God's divine pardon, if you receive God's gift of righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ, then you're in Christ. Let's read about that. Romans 5. And verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, that's Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift, that's the gift of righteousness, that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Verse 16 of Romans 5, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin, Adam, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift through Christ followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through the one man, Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. If you're in Adam... There's sin and condemnation. If you're in Christ, there's eternal life and reigning with the Lord Jesus. You're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you and gave himself for you. Have you ever trusted in Christ? Have you ever, you see, you can manufacture your own righteousness, but you'll never measure up to God's holiness. We all fall short of the glory of God. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't do enough good things so that God's impressed and says, boy, I'm obligated to let you into heaven. No way. You see, you're judged not by your actions only, but by your motives. And your motives are not pure. None of our motives are pure. We need a Savior. Let's imagine that this is uh, representing our sin only it would be a stack this high. Here's a holy God, here's you, and you're weighed down by sin. What's blocking you from a holy God? Your sin. God loves you so much, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be your sin bearer. So if you will trust in Christ, you put your sins on Christ. 
He who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteousness of God. When you trust in Christ, your sins are placed on him and his righteousness is placed on you. And guess what? You have bold access with the holy God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Because if you have, this next phrase is very true of you. If I've received the gift of God's righteousness, then I am free to become all God wants me to be. Romans 8, 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. This is good news. That the Spirit who gives life has set you free to become all God wants you to be. And what does God want you to be, become? He wants you to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to become like the perfect human being, Jesus Christ, in character and conduct. Now, none of us will become completely like Christ this side of heaven, but when we shall see Him, we shall be like Him. God's going to finish this good work that He began in us. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it, and He will do that. So, the question today that will lead, we'll talk about this more next week, is that there are two laws at work. The law of sin and death and the law of the Spirit. If you're part of the Adams family, you're committed to obey the law of sin and death. Even Christians who fall back into legalism are following the law of sin and death. The law kills. The job of the law, that is, the law of Moses is to show us how much we fall short of the glory of God. It's to lead us to repentance, to salvation, and trusting in Christ alone, to let Jesus come into our lives and to let Jesus live through our lives. So you could be a legalistic Christian, and you know what? You're dead. You are spreading death and judgment and condemnation everywhere you go, and nobody wants to become a Christian like you. Legalism, judgmentalism, that's not of Jesus. Of Jesus is the law of the Spirit that sets you free. The law of sin and death leads you to being in bondage to self-destructive rebellion against God that leads to eternal death. But the law of the Spirit who gives life leads to freedom to become all God made you to be that is reflecting the character and conduct of Christ. So would you say this with me again? And let's say it with emphasis. This is who you are. This is how you should view yourself. On the basis of Christ's cross, I am totally forgiven. If I have received God's gift, then I am free to become all God wants me to be. This last slide. Let me ask you these questions. Have you received God's gift? His perfect righteousness that can only be received in Christ? Jesus is our righteousness. We don't have a righteousness. Our righteousness is but like filthy rags before a holy God. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner? 
I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. His blood was shed to forgive me, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my Savior and Lord. Have you ever said that? You could say that in a quiet prayer in a moment. Let me ask you this, Christian. Is there a sin of yours that you think God hasn't forgiven? Some heinous thing you've done only you and God know about, and you say, God can't possibly forgive that I had an abortion. I mean, there's some hideous things that we all have done at one time or another. And there's a part of us that says, there's no way God could forgive that. Guess what? There's power in the blood. There's power, power, resurrection power in the blood of Jesus. He cleanses from all sin. All sin. You're totally forgiven. You may have murdered somebody. You may have cheated. But you know what? God is merciful. There is no sin stain God can't get out. Though your sins be like crimson, they shall be whiter than snow. Come, let us reason together, the Lord says. Let me wash it clean. It's already been... Now, by the way, if all of our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, why do we have the instruction in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Listen carefully. You are not adding to the work of Christ by confessing your sin. All your sins have been forgiven. Some people teach only your past sins are forgiven, the ones you've asked for forgiveness. And if you don't keep on asking for forgiveness, then you're not forgiven. Wrong. That's a misunderstanding of justification by faith. That's a misunderstanding of the fact that you're totally forgiven. So why do you confess your sins if they're already totally forgiven? Because you're applying the justification of faith to your life. You're rejoicing that you're living out of the forgiveness that you've already received in Christ. You are agreeing with God. You want to cooperate with Him and being conformed to the image of Christ. That's why you confess your sin. It's not because one day you're saved and then you sinned and now you're out of salvation. No! If you believe that, you're adding to the work of Christ. Your confession does not add to the work of Christ. Your confession confirms the work of Christ. Is the devil accusing you? No, nope, not yet. Not yet. Is the devil accusing you so that you feel condemned? You can tell him where to go. You've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And he says, it is finished. He says, paid in full. Do you believe Jesus paid it all? That's the question. That's the question. If you believe Jesus Christ paid for your sins completely, there's no condemnation. And you have been set free. Well, we're going to do something interesting right now. I'm calling this Selah. Selah means, as in the book of Psalms, stop and reflect. 
So I'm going to ask you to reflect about what you just heard in this sermon. And I'm going to ask you to resolve, to make, make a commitment today. And here are some possible commitments that as I play some music, you could be thinking about. The commitments are these. If you haven't received Christ during this time of music, in your time of prayer, reflecting on the message, say, yes, Lord, have mercy on me. I need you as my Savior. Would you do that during this time? Would you say to the Lord, thank you that all my sins are totally forgiven. And give him that one you've been hanging on to and you haven't forgiven yourself. Because God is greater than your heart. And he says you're forgiven. Who are you going to believe, your heart or God? And maybe during this time of prayer, you need to resist the devil's accusations and say, I am standing in the righteousness of Christ alone. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.